The DNVR College Podcast is presented by Bojo's Pizza. There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. This is Bojo's Pizza. Right now, Bojo's is offering 30% off takeout when you ask for it. If you do happen to hit up Bojo's, make sure that you tag them and tag us with your delicious order. If you can't happen to hit up a Bojo's, that's okay. They'll deliver to you. Just use DoorDash and there's all kinds of specials on there. Super clutch for people like me that you know, don't want to leave their couch. Bojo's has gluten-free options, cheeseless options, plant-based options, and a kick-ass salad bar. Again, they're offering 30% off takeout when you ask for it. Shout out to Bojo's. We love those guys. All right, y'all. We are back with the second episode of the DNVR College Podcast. I'm Justin Michael. I cover CSU. I'm here with Henry Chisholm. He covers the Colorado Buffaloes. Henry, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm tired, but that's because I spent seven hours on a Madden draft last night. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's a long time to be drafting. You know, I, I was definitely getting my video game sweats. Like, I felt like a 13-year-old on, on summer vacation. I was locked in. There were crushed soda cans in the room. Went through a can of Pringles for dinner. It was... It was a it was a really healthy lifestyle decision. I got to last night. I, I think I think it was about nine o'clock. We were like going to watch a movie or something, and I I was like, oh, have I eaten dinner? And so I started thinking back through my day. I was like eight o'clock, seven o'clock, six o'clock, and and I realized I had not eaten yesterday. But because my life, like I actually drove my car for the first time in over two weeks yesterday, like I have just been so in a box here that I'm not like burning enough energy to get hungry anymore i guess i'm really only averaging like one solid meal at this point like i'll kind of snack throughout the day like eat a granola bar or like a yogurt or something mm-hmm. but like you said we're just not we're not doing enough i need to start like i was trying really hard to do home workouts at first and the last two weeks that's just completely gone out the window <laughs> so i gotta i gotta get back to that and maybe that'll make me you know get back on a, a regular cycle like a like a human, I guess. Right now, I'm just kind of machine going off coffee and <laughs> video games to keep me going. Exactly. Exactly. Well, for me, it's the draft. Like, I just have the draft to keep me going. Like, doing all the draft stuff with Andre Simone, we just, I don't know. It, it gives me, it gives my life kind of some sort of purpose for the next two, three weeks until the draft actually happens. Like, I just know whenever there's a free moment, my mind is on that. I'm like pulling up videos of somebody. So I'm ready to go like all this kind of stuff. But then as soon as the draft is over, I'm just not going to know what to do with myself anymore. I'm going to be right back where I was a few weeks ago when this all first started. Oh man. I don't even want to think about that. At least right now we have like something to keep us distracted and focus on. Speaking of that, I'm lagging on my, my local prospect stuff. So Probably a good reminder that I should get to work today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How's but, your, how do you feel about your team? You're in that oh, PS4 Madden League? Yeah, I'm, I'm a PS4 guy, which, to be honest, I love the PS4. Um, I kind of wish I had an Xbox just because most of my friends seem to be on Xbox. That's why but I chose Xbox. My team is uh, it's pretty solid. I, I went with kind of a lame strategy. We did a live draft, so... It you know it really took a long time, but when everyone else was like piling up on wide receivers and and all that, I was just stockpiling offensive linemen because I'm going to run the football down everybody's throat with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that's what you do. I, I'm in the Xbox League, and and we're let's see, 
I think I'm now six and three uh, as the Browns top of the AFC North by quite a bit, but, but I lost my first two. I ripped off six straight wins. And then yesterday I felt so good about my chances um, for a bunch of different reasons. I was running through the stats. I knew he had Harrison Smith who was forcing a bunch of fumbles. I let him hit me and knock the ball out. Like I knew that as it happened, like sixth force fumble of the year, can't be letting this happen. And it's like all the different scouting things that are going on. Like I'm looking through those stats, like looking at the opposing rushing yards allowed. I'm looking at which is offensive linemen are allowing sacks. and like, okay, we're blitzing the middle hard. And I was so prepared and everything went perfectly. I was just running the ball out of these two, three tight end sets. Like I, I'd have two fullbacks out there and, and, and all like it, it ended up being that he, he got the ball in overtime. And since there's no second overtime, if you can run the clock down, kick a field goal with 30 seconds left, I'm out of timeouts. I can't get down the field and score. And, and that's kind of what happened. I had Matt Breida put up almost nine yards per carry on 19 carries and couldn't win. He knew what I was doing, couldn't stop it. And I didn't beat him. And it's kind of breaking my heart still. That's like the frustrating thing about a strong run game sometimes is you can pound the rock all all game and sometimes it'll only translate to like 17, 20 points or something like that. And especially if you're not slowing them down or they go down the field late, with it's just, ah, that's yeah. a tough way to lose. That's definitely I, a tough way to lose. I need just a little more quick strike ability somehow and I'm not really sure where to find it. I, I would try and find like a big receiver. I've noticed a lot on these newer Maddens. It seems like the, you get somebody like Cortland Sutton, like a jump ball. Mm-hmm. It's like 90, 10 in his favor. Just yep. throw it up. I know. Well, and the other thing is like, so we have the imported draft classes. So we're about halfway through this season. So I know that I have a first round pick and two second round picks. I'm thinking I'm going to have to snag Visca. Oh, yeah. See, that's, Tyler that's my Boyd strategy. Visca, I'm going to go knowing that we're going to have, we haven't actually started playing the games yet because we just did the draft mm-hmm. yesterday, but we're already talking about how we're going to import the the prospects in for our next draft. These guys are serious. They're hardcore. <laughs> we're spent all night on a draft and they're already thinking about the next one. But um, all my receivers are about 50 years old. Larry Fitzgerald, Demarius Thomas, Danny Amendola. It's basically a, I mean, they can collect social security in my wide receiver room <laughs> at this point. So I'm just going to, I'm going to have to go, try and go get Judy or something. Yep. Trade up for Judy or just lose a bunch of games. If you aren't good. That it could just happen naturally. Cause yeah, I, I don't suspect myself being one of the best players, but I did beat kale three times in a row last night. <laughs> and I, I want to brag about it I bet you on did. the podcast because he's not here to defend himself. Wow. I want to play kale. Uh, he's, he must be PlayStation then. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, it's too bad. I can't give him a lot of crap because he just got the game like f- super recently. Oh, you can still give him crap. You, but, you know, you know who hasn't won in the Xbox League? Who? RK. Are you serious? Hasn't that that's, that's all he's been doing is playing Madden? I know, and he's still bad. Oh man, poor RK. <laughs> he's also not here to defend himself. <laughs> yeah, we're, as soon as this is all over, we are all going to go to the bar, set up a couple Xboxes, and just play Madden all day. Oh, that'd be epic. We got to do a staff tournament for sure. Yep. And do, we got to buy like one of those WWE belts, like the plastic ones. And we can have like, I don't know, maybe we'll do like a monthly one. You get to keep it and you're the the champion for a month. Listen, we're coming up with great ideas right off the top of the dome. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It'd be incredible. I've already thought of like four different places. I would keep it for the first four times that I won it. 
I would just wear it all the time. Oh, okay. Like going to the grocery store, you just I'd feel like John Cena. They're like, sir, put your mask back on. I've I've been inside so long, I can't even imagine going to the grocery store. Like, like I've just been getting all my groceries delivered to me because it costs like on average about six dollars more for an entire load of groceries, and I don't have to move my car, I can keep my parking spot, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I couldn't tell you if those grocery stores are packed, if they're totally empty. Like, I may never go to another grocery store in my life. I think this may just stick with me. Paying, like, the extra six bucks in tip to get everything just brought right here. My new move has been try to find the oldest, crappiest-looking grocery store I can find. And those ones seem to be the most stocked. Because I live next to one of the bigger King Supers in the state, like, one of the more popping ones. And Flex. Yeah. Well, no, it sucks. <laughs> there's so many college students. So it's just like, there's never anything there anyways. So during the last month, it's just been chaos. Like, I don't even think they've had toilet paper since Christmas anyways. But Ugh. like, so I, my new move was try and find an old crappy King Supers. And, and that mm. seemed to, to work out for me. Interesting. If I ever go to a grocery store, I might have to steal that from you. How are uh, how are you enjoying the new Discord? It's a lot of notifications. It is a lot of notifications, especially because I just joined that Madden League too, and so I was getting all the um, I'm getting like a lot of Madden notifications. Oh yeah, me too. I had to download GroupMe for that. So right now I have Slack for our chat, mm-hmm. GroupMe for Madden, Discord for subscribers, Twitter, yep. like Gmail, and then, exactly, and then. Apparently, with everybody locked inside, all anybody's doing is swiping on Tinder. So I'm just getting crazy Tinder notifications too. And so there we go, nice flex. Yeah, that was intentional. <laughs> uh, but, but, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been like like I need something to do. Why not see a more constant conversation about Denver sports? You know, it's true. Like, so, and there are times when I want to jump in, and there are plenty of times where I'm like, eh, you know what? That's a good Nuggets take. I don't necessarily need to be involved in another conversation, though. You know? There's definitely no shortage of our takes between writing podcasts and all these forms. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. Because, like, I just feel like we're so connected to everybody now. You know, it's like, cool, with though. the Madden League. With that, it is cool. Like, I love it. It's incredible. But it, it's just been, like, in this last month with all these different things, starting with the Madden Leagues, going into that, like, everybody being locked inside. So we're tweeting more with the DMVR watches. It's, it's, been, it's been, like, fun. It's, I feel like the number of internet friends I have, like, people whose tweets I respond to or, like, jump into or, like, the conversations, I guess, even on the other apps I'm having, like, just so much more than what it was before the quarantine. Definitely. And I wasn't, I wasn't 100% sure if people would really, like, respond to watching old games and live tweeting it, but it see, people seem to really have embraced it. So um, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited for today. We're both doing some fun games. I'm pumped for today's. Uh, well, we're like two hours away now. It's about 1130. At 1.30, we're watching the uh, 1990 National Championship game for the Buffs. Uh, no spoilers, but they won. Uh, so that's gonna be a Dude, great what afternoon. the hell oh yeah sorry i forgot but uh I'm, I'm thinking i might have to like order up some blake street tavern too like that's that's my favorite part because they just reopen for delivery again uh they're doing blake street to now. go now no remember oh they that's right it, it, they're not even talking about the tavern anymore we'll come back to the tavern when the time's right right now it's just chris will bring you food and that sounds incredible Ugh. i wish he delivered to fort collins 
Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I get it. It's whatever. They don't care about me up here, but <laughs> I think like you in particular, all those buffs down at Blake street to go <laughs> may, not, may not be into. That's true. That actually might be bad business on his part. If he delivers to me, then buffs fans might be less inclined to support him. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think even by putting you in the buffs feed with this podcast, I am putting myself at risk. Oh, probably. I mean, <laughs> I am definitely not the most popular person in Boulder, but I might be the second most popular. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right behind like Visca or something. I don't know. Oh, maybe third. Who would be the most popular person in Boulder? Let's go, oh, man. Like, like I would have said Bill Mel Tucker, Walton, but he left Bill Walton. Actually, that's a good one. That is a really good one. Cause like a tad still has the people who aren't so into him. Carl Durrell isn't like uh, is pasta come into his own actual person. It is. He it is, and he seems like I I'm it, not a bull. I've only I mean I go to Boulder a couple times a year, so I'm not a Boulder expert. But he seems like a key figure, like Pete in Denver, that dude that owns all the yeah all the restaurants. Pizza, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, pasta J is a very real person. Um, does he just go know. by Jay or are you? I, I actually had, I, I see. And this is weird for me because I've been told stories that involve him off the record. Like, like things like they aren't like bad stories about anybody, especially him. But like, I have never met pasta Jay. I've been to pasta Jay's. I actually went to pasta Jay's with Mel Tucker once. And boy, was that guy a baller for as much as we all, you know, have our feelings about Mel Tucker. That was a pretty cool guy who gets great service. And I don't know, like, like just seeing him in that environment was pretty crazy, but it was at pasta Jays and I've heard pasta Jays like stories that have involved him. But then like the point of the story is to tell me something about other things that were going on. And it's like, wait a minute, huh? Pasta J real guy. <laughs> and, and I can't tell any of those stories. I'm trying to think through because they all involve things. So this has been a terrible waste of everybody's time for like the last two minutes of me trying to think of one pasta J thing, but he is a very real guy. And, uh, I think one of the most popular for sure. I feel like Pasta J and like Sonny Lubick because Sonny Lubick has a steakhouse in Fort Collins. Oh, really? I feel like if those two had like a dinner together, that'd be like a power status wow. of Northern Colorado, like the Dons of Northern Colorado coming yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Who else is popular in Boulder? I think, uh, like, like, would it be uh, Cordell Stewart coming back? I don't know you if know, he's like all that recognizable to be because he's like not one of those guys that's on TV frequently. Like Joel Clatt would be Joel much Clatt more recognizable be, yep. than Cordell at this point. Or like Chauncey Billups. Chauncey's a good one. I mean, Chauncey's just popular anywhere. I think Chauncey could show up somewhere in Memphis, Tennessee, and they'd be like, that's Mr. Big oh, Shot. Chauncey. Yeah. And, and, and just such a good guy, too. Like, you know, like that's what makes him so. I, I think if you didn't even know it was Chauncey Billups and he walked in and smiled at you, you'd be like, huh, I like that guy. You His know? smile definitely would mean more. It it would just feel better. And it I know would. like we're not supposed to we're not supposed to feel like that. Like everybody love everybody, but deep down inside, you know, like Chauncey smiling at you or Chauncey hugging you, that'd be you that would matter more than like even your mom hugging you. Let, let's be real. How about Phil Lindsay? So recognizable. So recognizable. Everybody who sees him, I mean, he's what? He's five foot seven with a massive afro and he's built like an NFL running back. Yeah. Like you see that guy, you're like, that's Phil Lindsay. I think he's another one who's pretty universally loved. 
yeah, I mean, even CSU fans like Philip Lindsay. So that that's kind of the kind of the fact. But I feel like Shaq Barrett kind of got that way too when he okay. was a Broncos. One of those where it's just like once they pass on to the to the league, I feel like it should just kind of be like our collective guys. But maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe the maybe that rivalry that, that it, was, maybe it cuts through. Maybe maybe it supersedes even Broncos fandom. I, I think wanting all Colorado college athletes to be, uh, you know, a, a, a part of every college sports fan, Colorado's like bubble is a very CSU thing to push for. I'll all say I'm, that. It doesn't make any sense to root against these guys, but well, that's also but, a very an elitist I, boulder. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to root for the Rams. How could I? I, I think oh, that's right. I, I went to Boulder. Which, I, I, you didn't. You didn't. I'm, I'm. You know. I have the CSU blood, actually, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> no, like the, the the thing is, like, is there any reason to hate any of these guys? Like, no, there's absolutely we, not. Like, it's a good. Like, a good point. I don't know that we need to be drawing lines like about when they were playing and whether it's okay to hate. Like we all just hate what we hate and we can accept that most of it is kind of like it's arbitrary, arbitrary, but it is now historically significant. And so now it's a thing. Well, I just mean like, I'm not saying CSU fans are going to go get a Juwan Winfrey Jersey, but actively rooting for like Winfrey to not make the Broncos roster solely because he went to see you. Like I would, I would make fun of a CSU fan if they felt that way. Or if a CU (laughs) fan was like, no, Shaq Barrett shouldn't be the defensive player of the year. I wouldn't want to see us. You got to win that. I'd be like, that is, a, that's a ludicrous take. Yeah. And I think that's one of the weirdest things about us at DNVR is that with, with everything that DNVR does, it's very much about like the cross pollination, getting Nuggets fans to like Broncos things and like working all these different groups. Except, that we all, ours. except for us, like there, we hate each other. And so like, when we're talking about the disco discord, it's like, Oh yeah, maybe you will see some like more as fans because Broncos fans, because they're like, just jumping in reading the conversations that are being had, you know, and you can kind of cross pollinate a little bit. I was worried that we'd either have Rams fans jumping in the buffs discord to to fight or bus fans jumping in the Rams discord. I was like, yeah, I think that we can't cross cold- those lines because once we cross <laughs> exactly. those lines, there's exactly. no going back. I know, but there's there's just no support. It's like for me, I don't dislike CSU. Like my dad went to CSU. I grew up like kind of pulling for CSU. There were a couple NCAA 14, 12, whatever year it was games where I made myself a big white quarterback with dreads and led CSU to national championships. Um, I did that with other teams too, but I don't have like any hate, but from being in Boulder and from talking to the people that I spend my time talking to, I almost have like this second hand hatred of CSU and I'm like trying not to, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, man, it's, it's, I, I followed CSU and CU my whole life. My mm-hmm. dad went to CSU. His sister went to CU. I re- I would say I, liked CU more during their big 12 days. Um, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. If you're a CSU fan, you don't have a, whole, a lot of ground to stand on at this point. I mean, they've lost five showdowns in a row. Historically, they're obviously not as strong of an opponent. So yeah. it's tough to, I think the biggest thing from CSU fans perspective is it kind of feels like it's like, yeah, you, you guys beat CSU but like, what have you, like, you haven't really done anything. So it's like, where does this feeling of superiority come from? It's just weird. Cause it's like that weird dynamic of CU both being like, Oh, it's not even a rivalry. It doesn't matter. 
and also being the thing that Buffs fans consistently brag the most about. But you know, yeah, it is what I, it is. That's a rivalry. Yeah, like that's exactly. just what rivalries are. Like they're 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 fun. There's never going to be a point where like you and I convince both sides to be like, oh yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a great point. Let's have dinner together. <laughs> hey, guess what? They both snuck into six wins and they have meaningless bowl games. Exactly. Let's let's share our support across these boundaries and you know like oh, God, know, it just we, doesn't happen. We just like I probably just pissed off so many people over the last fifteen minutes, and that wasn't <laughs> even the point of this podcast. Exactly, we were supposed to never do that. But but I think the other thing is when you look at this rivalry, like the Power Five team should beat the Group of Five team. Like that that's just basically where college my, football is exactly. At right now. It's like for me, that's how it's come down to. Like okay, like I understand the excitement mm-hmm. of the local rivalry, but until you know Colorado really turns thing around consistently in the Pac twelve. That's when you start, you know, bragging and talking trash and all that. But again, exactly. And, head and to head, they dominate. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that hasn't happened or anything like that. The Buffs have absolutely kicked CSU's ass my whole life. So, <laughs> but yeah, like the the thing is, like Colorado obviously is like winning those games. But I think if if I were a CSU fan, would be so frustrating is that like CSU. Uh, an average, maybe above average Mountain West football program. And then you have CU, which is a below average Pac-12 football program. And that's what they've kind of been for the last 10 years or so. And and because of what Colorado has been in the Pac-12, I, they've left the door open for for CSU to beat them. Like like a low low end power five versus a mid group of five, that's a contest. It just happens to be that the buffs just keep winning and showing up and winning and winning, winning, like they probably should, but because of where they stand in those conferences, it feels like it could be a little bit closer. Well, I mean they've left I, the door open. If if I, I guess we're really getting into this now, we'll just make it a topic. But if you look back, like twenty seventeen was obviously a close game and CSU fans will never forgive the offensive pass interferences. <laughs> 2015 CSU's kicker missed three field goals and you lose an overtime by a field goal. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like there haven't been opportunities. Even, you know, last year was for three quarters was fairly competitive. They just couldn't stop CU's offense. But I mean, it, it wasn't like the bus defense was exactly shutting Colin Hill down. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I it's, it's a, it's a fun rivalry. I just want it to get back to a point where, both schools are consistently winning and both schools have a reason to feel proud. That's beyond the Rocky mountain showdown. You know what I mean? Like that, yep. I, it, that'll always be an exciting game to me, but I want it to be like, have some sort of exciting moments. Yeah. Have it be a game that matters nationally and have it be a footnote on two exciting seasons, not be like awesome. The showdown. And then both teams lost eight of 10 and neither made the postseason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we won't spend too much on this because we don't really want to talk specifically about the Rams and the Buffs. But what do you think of the Rams this year? Like, if you were to if you were to project a record today, what do you think they'd do? Seven and five. All right. They have a, they have a deceptively tough start to the schedule, but if you can steal one against like Colorado, Oregon State, Vanderbilt, if you go five hundred in non conference mm-hmm. play. The Mountain West will be, it'll be tough, but it, I mean, it's the Mountain West. So there are going to be some winnable games, but at the same time, like they basically have to completely overhaul their offensive line. The defense has to be so much better. They have to be able to run the football better. 
They don't even really know who the starting quarterback is going to be. It'll probably be Patrick O'Brien, but they have a transfer coming in. It's just so weird with both of these schools having first-year coaches and not even having them being on practice together, or I mean on campus together, like getting this valuable time and getting these practice reps in. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. I think I think for the buffs right now, I'd say probably five and seven is what you're looking at. As terrible as that sounds to hear, another five and seven year being just one game outside of the postseason for what would that be? That'd be three or four straight years. But but yeah, so so that's kind of where I see it. I think that when when you look at the buffs, it's 2021 where you really expect them to do something. Because this year, you know, they lose two linemen. Um, one will probably end up in an NFL camp. Uh, you you lose Steven Montez. You lose Visca. And so you are a little bit depleted. And I don't, I mean, that's not like massive losses. You still bring back quite a bit of talent. But when you're bringing in a freshman quarterback, a new coaching staff, there's just so much room for things to go wrong. Meanwhile, on defense, this defense was great the last four weeks of the season, last five weeks of the season. And they didn't lose much. They have a great group of cornerbacks. Uh, Nate Landman, I think, will really break out this year. He had a down year last year and was still first-team All-Pac-12. Um, but then but then, 2021, defensively, you only lose Nate Landman. You only lose Mustafa Johnson. And those are big losses. But because of the rest of the talent and being year three in that scheme on defense, you're going to be fine back there. Meanwhile, you bring back the entire offense except for Katie Nixon. Um, and and so I think that with year two with the quarterback, big offensive line, all those running backs, like that's when you should be seeing them push for eight wins. That would make sense. I mean, there was you saw the the young talent that CU had in, in flashes last year. There were plenty of games that they were in that they ended up losing. It's just does that momentum carry over into this new staff? Is what 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 always is interesting to me. It's just when you look at these two situations. You have CSU where it was like the fans were so ready for change that I think they're going to kind of give Adazio a break a little bit, even if it's kind of slow out of the gate, just because they're like, well, this is what we wanted. And that's not what I would have expected you to say right now, like two months ago, you know, or three, four months ago when he first gets hired that, you know, they're going to give Adazio a bit of a break. Like people were not happy about that hire. No, they were not. And I mean, there are still people that aren't. And I got it. Like he wasn't the he wasn't the guy with CSU ties. He wasn't Tony Alford. He wasn't, you know, the big sexy name. He wasn't anything like that. But I don't know. I mean, he went basically five hundred in the ACC with G five resources at Boston College. He won a national championship as an assistant. He's a very, very touted recruiter nationally. Oh, really? So we'll see. I mean We'll just have to see at this point. Like I, I, I thought Mike Bobo was going to be a huge success. So like, oh. you know, like maybe, maybe this is the guy they needed at this point. CSU has been flashy and it just hasn't really translated to anything. So maybe they need a old school, you know, smash mouth football. You only score 17, 20 points a game, but you're tough and you find a way to win seven, eight games a year. I just thought of something. Something. Um, we should come up with a bet for uh, the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Yeah, I mean, I still technically owe RK a six-pack <laughs> yeah, for the do. interceptions bet last year. <laughs> the but... Interceptions bet. Uh, explain that bet. Explain the bet you made with RK. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
RK and I had a bet on who would throw the first interception in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. And I <laughs> lost that one. It was Colin. And I, you know, the thing that frustrates me on that one is Colin Hill was the better quarterback in that game. And I still <laughs> lost the bet. <laughs> uh, yeah. He didn't win though. But yeah, so for this year, for the Rocky Mountain Showdown, what if we did something like uh, if if the Rams win, I'll play like we'll we'll get a cut up of a bunch of like radio highlights of times the Rams have beaten the buffs in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. And that'll be my intro for the podcast for the whole week after the game. But if the buffs win, then you gotta do buffs highlights, like I don't know, whatever the great radio calls. You know, Visca's touchdown last year. You gotta get like the audio call of that as your intro i mean what do you think we can do better I, it's a good starting point i like it okay it, it sounds like we would be like hey kale do this for us but exactly <laughs> so like i'm okay exactly. with it but <laughs> yep and then that would be exactly the plan it'd be call kale up and say hey we don't know who's gonna win actually make both of these just in case gotta, gotta have it ready for the post game pod yeah we definitely have to do something it'd be cool to do some type of like pre-game contest between the fan bases too yeah. but we've got we've got time to figure that out let's uh let's transition here into the college football playoff yeah but before we do we got to talk about one of our partners over at manscaped so manscaped if, if you're somebody who uh cares about your balls then manscaped is the company for you um what they do is help you to keep um, all of your manly parts in tip-top shape. Um, they do that in terms of like the odor, the feel, the smell, all, all the smell and the odor, same thing. But but yeah, that's basically what they do is they take care of every issue that you could be having in your underwear with their ball deodorant, with their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, with uh, they have like this shaving creams type stuff. Like you, you gotta check it out. And the best part is if you go to uh, manscaped.com and use the code DNBR20, you can save 20% off your entire purchase from manscaped.com. And that code will also get you free shipping. So that's an incredible deal. Take advantage, especially right now when you need to find a way to treat yourself because uh, you aren't going to an Avs playoff game tonight. Uh, the Nuggets aren't making their final push in these last two games to solidify playoff seating. There's no Rockies. So Stay at home and buy yourself a ball trimmer. I like it. Are you, gotta, did, gotta would that have worked? Would would I have gotten you? Do you have bought yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. I would I would have treated myself out of it. You want to know what? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep things nice and I mean I don't have anybody to show off for, I guess, but you know. Hey. Yeah, same. Working on it. Tinder notifications. <laughs> a lot of notifications. Not much substance behind them though. The uh, the <sighs> next DNVR is gonna just be like Henry, a reality show about Henry and I trying to find a girlfriend on on online dating apps. Oh my goodness! The the message who sent that it, was it to the Slack? I think RK tagged me in it or something. But somebody was uh they had taken all of their matches and said add me on Snapchat and basically put together like a version of the Bachelorette. So this one girl had all of her matches just like going on Snapchat dates with all of these guys. And she was like narrowing it down to one. That is something I would love to try. Um, I'm not really sure how you convince 30 women to just be like, hey, I'll like take the time out to, to do this. I'm probably not going to pick you anyway. 
don't know. Maybe they're, you have to get like the right arrogant women who think they're actually going to win. I don't even know 30 women, dude. Oh my goodness. I was thinking about it. I haven't seen a real life woman or yeah. In, in, well, see, that's the thing is I was thinking about because I couldn't remember what the last time and I still can't. Like I've seen my roommate. I've seen a couple of delivery drivers uh, and that's it. Everybody else has been on my computer, like Ali on my computer. That's basically it. Oh man, it's, it's a, uh, we're about two or three weeks away from hitting Tom Hanks castaway levels or Wilson. I'm yeah. going to name my cell phone or something. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My beard is coming in, which is weird. And you know what the weird thing is? It, it keeps going through phases. Like right now, I'm not in love with what it looks like. But the thing is, a week from now, it's just going to be even thicker. And a month from now, it's going to be... Who knows? Who knows? And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, is this going somewhere that I like? Am I going to be able to make this look good? Or should I stop jumping on Zoom calls with this nasty face? I keep I going know. about nine to 10 days and then I like look myself in the mirror and can't stand it and shave. Yeah. That's fair. I'm I still just, just don't mine's, shave, It's though. so patchy on the sides for me. So like I have a hard time filling in on the cheeks and I feel like I just look like a, that like 15 year old, the kid in high school that starts growing facial hair first, technically, but it's, <laughs> it's not full, but he does it just because he can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's talk about this college football playoff, though. Uh, so the stadium report came out. Um, I'm not sure if you have the exact numbers pulled up, but essentially they, they pulled all the FBS athletic directors. 88% of athletic directors at the FBS level are in favor of expanding the college football playoff after the 2025-26 uh, season. Um, the majority of them wanted to go to uh, eight teams. That's it's about 75% or so um, with smaller groups pushing for 12 games or 16 games. Um, That's kind of the news. It makes it sound like it's kind of inevitable. What do you think about that, Justin? You know, I, I do think the college football playoff expanding is inevitable at this point. I think the, it'll really come down to when and how many. And then once you determine that, you know, what are the, who are the guaranteed spots? Do you let a G5 team in? Do you make it at large? All that fun stuff. I'm not so sure that expanding the playoff is necessary. I get from a financial standpoint, when you look at the money on the table, it's tough to just look at that and pass it up. So that's ultimately why I do think it'll happen. But when you go through the years and you look at the number five, number six team, how consistently would the number five or number six team have actually contended for the championship or did they deserve it? I mean, I remember Ohio state in 2017, there were some people that, that felt like they got screwed and they didn't even win their conference. So it's like, I don't know. I just, for me, the, the four teams have been right every time that they've done the playoff. And so it seems like if it's, if it's not broke, why fix it? But what do you, where do you stand on it? Um, I, I think that the major difference in our thinking, um, and I push for it to be big. I, I, I want it to be as big as is practical. You know, I don't think you could go 64 teams, obviously. 
Um, I, don't I don't think, think realistically you could go more than like 12 or 16. To be I, and see, exactly. I, I don't think you could do 24. I think 16 would be a bit of a stretch. And so that's kind of the range I'm looking at. It's like, let's try for 12. And, and maybe, maybe that takes going to eight for a bit. And then from there you can expand to 12. But to me, the, the difference is, so, so your point was like, do, do these fifth and sixth teams really deserve it? And to me, I see those teams and say, you lost one game this year. Like of, of all these games against all of these teams, you probably should have won or, or lost at least three or four. Like out of 130 college football teams, you took fifth. How could you not be deserving of at least like a little bit more recognition? I get like the, the levels of bowl games like, oh, you get to go to the Sugar Bowl. That's, that's, that's like a good trophy. But, but, but I would like to see them move along to a system where you, you let them decide this final seeding. You don't just pair them off and say, okay, you're the seventh and eighth best team. So you know what? Let's, let's see what you guys play. Um, seventh and 10th. Like, give them some flexibility. Let them prove that they actually are good teams. You know, I, I, this idea that for a team to deserve a national championship, they have to be undefeated. They can't lose a game. Like, I just don't buy into that. And I think part of that's because I didn't grow up a big FBS football fan. I grew up on the FCS side, and I grew up more of an NFL fan than FBS fan. And so you see all the playoff systems, and the way it all works is, okay, can we get in first? And then second, what kind of seed can we get? Can we host these playoff games? And and there's just so so many... I don't know. Coming from the Buffs beat, it's 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 all about the sixth game. Can you win six games and get to a bowl game? And eventually those standards will likely change if things go well. Um, but that's kind of what it is. Can you get six or not? But by expanding the college football playoff or even just looking at what they do at the FCS, FCS, you're saying, we lost one game. We'll, pro- we'll get a bye. We'll get a bye. Or we lost two games. We're still probably in. Maybe we still get a bye. Then you get in like to that three loss, four loss, and it gets into who were those losses against? What did they look like? And, and so there's just so many more layers throughout the season that if you follow one team, the season doesn't just die. There isn't just like this end of the whole thing because they lost twice. You know, uh, I don't know. The thing that those would be... Those are a bunch of thoughts. No, yeah. It would be... What would be interesting to me is thinking about... So right now you have the fifth and sixth teams and... Some of them have been borderline. I was maybe a little too dismissive mm-hmm. in my opening statements. I pulled up some of these. The playoff teams by year, and like if you look at the first year, 2014, 2015, Baylor and TCU both went 11 and 1. They were 5 and 6 seed. Neither one of them made the cut because that was before, they didn't have a Big 12 title game. That's pretty much what it came down to. They didn't win a conference championship. So if you're a team like that, I get where you're like, well, we basically did everything that we could do. So mm-hmm. what else do you want? But like, let's say you expand it to eight teams. Does that argument get even harder trying to determine who's the seventh or eighth team versus like the fifth or sixth? Cause I feel like the difference starts becoming like, it's, it's, it's not as great. Like the difference between yeah. the seventh and the 15th team in the country isn't necessarily as great as the fourth and even the eighth team in the country. Do you yeah. agree with that? I would totally agree. And I think that it'd be very difficult. Um, And I think that that's why you would have to have some sort of system in place. Um, Like unified scheduling. 
Ooh, see, that would be interesting for sure. I, I think to me, if you, you take the conference champions, um, all the power five conference champions they're in, make, make there a clear path to the college football playoffs. Say if you win your conference, then you get a shot. Even if you botch a couple of games inside there or outside, I, I really like that. It's the way that most sports work. I mean, you look at the NFL, you get the home playoff game. If you win the division, I love that. Um, then, then once you take like those five, maybe you take the highest ranked uh, group of five uh, champion, and then you have two spots left. Looking through who those two spots would be, that's a lot different conversation because typically you have a three seed or like your number three and your number five. Meanwhile, most of the rest. And so I think that that would make it a lot easier, but it, I think it, it definitely be a lot tougher. Um, you look at this year's, uh, final college football playoff rankings, three teams are undefeated. And then you have nobody with, uh, more than three losses inside the top 16. And then you have more two loss and three loss teams outside of the top 16 too. It just, there is that little bit of a backlog there and it makes it tough to identify which of those teams are most deserving. That's why, that's why I feel like if you do expand, you would almost, you would have to really lock down. Like we're taking the five power, five conference winners. Mm -hmm. We're taking the highest ranked G five team or whatever, you know, or yep. what, however they want to determine that. And at large, the highest ranked at large from a non major, I, there are a lot of different ways you could look at it, but I would like to see a situation where you have them come in and be like, if you're, if you're the sec, the big 10, like you can't schedule, you know, more than one non D one, or maybe you shouldn't even be allowed yep. to schedule anyone that's not D one. Uh, or FBS even, maybe you shouldn't even be allowed to schedule an FB FCS opponent. Yeah. Maybe you should only be able to, everyone should have to play, you know, like another major power five school from outside of their league, something like that. Just make it so it's a little bit more unified and you take some of that subjectivity out of the argument and just makes it a little bit more clear cut. Like we all played relatively similar schedules and these are very clearly the most eight deserving teams. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Um, you know, we we deal with like those those FCS regulations uh, a lot at CU. The biggest one being that you can't uh, count more than one win against FCS opponents as one of your six to uh, make it to a bowl game, and and so like that rule right there makes a lot of sense, and it means that you can't just like schedule these less talented teams, even though you, you look at the, the FCS teams that Colorado has scheduled, like why would you ever schedule NDSU? I, oh, I don't know how they a, did. That's that. a nightmare in the making, man. It's, that's, it's a nightmare. CSU lost to North Dakota state in 2012 oh, at home. Uh, my my McElwain's first home game ever after he beat CU in his first game comes home and loses oh. to North Dakota state, but it's a total trap game. Yeah. I mean, you know, as good oh, as yeah. anyone, the top of the FCS would very would very consistently compete with the bottom of the FBS. Even some of, I mean, you know, uh, when CU's down. Oh yeah, for sure. But, uh, UNLV, Utah State, teams like that. Like North Dakota State should absolutely be in the Mountain West at this point. And and they would be winning. They'd be right up there at the top. Like watching this team play, it's pretty crazy. You know, because I because so my first game in college. Um, so I was a freshman, obviously. 
this was right before. So it was, it was week zero of college football. It was week zero. Uh, it was the, the first college football game, FBS, FCS, uh, NDSU at Montana. And so it's a, it's a night game, obviously like ESPN's there broadcasting, um, such a cool environment for those night games to a Missoula, but, um, it's, uh, Carson Wentz at quarterback. Uh, they've, they've already won a couple of national championships. They haven't lost. I don't think they've lost at all the season before. Um, Montana knocks him out of the game. So Easton stick gets in, uh, who is also pretty crazy. So that, that was such a fun game. And so it comes down to it. And th- th- this final sequence was incredible, but, uh, with four seconds on the clock, two seconds on the clock, something like that, the Grizzlies have a fourth down at the one yard line and need a touchdown to win. Um, or they, uh, lose obviously. And they, uh, got it right in front of the student section. And it was the most incredible game that I've ever been to. And then NDSU knocked Montana out of the playoffs that fall revenge, but revenge. I mean, it, it, you obviously want to see your school go on and, and win in the playoffs, but getting that moment like in front of your home fans is maybe it's incredible. even like a better memory than watching them win the playoffs on TV would have been, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we would have gone. Like the Fargo Dome? Yeah, I guess it's not that not far from Montana about, anyways. Yeah, probably like what, 15, 10 hours? So, so you could definitely get across it but yeah i don't know like that's what you get is you get that that playoff football and it's just there, there's just nothing like it i think that's the biggest reason i want to push for it is because the postseason is just so much fun and bringing that environment to college campuses uh it, it, there is nothing like it of, of all the games i've been to like i've been to broncos playoff games there is nothing like a college football playoff game when the home team thinks it's on a run for the national championship like imagine that like the big house or, you know, Florida, Alabama, all these, all these crazy places where you could be having playoff football games. I, I just don't know if they would ever allow it at the, at, like, I think they would find, they would make it neutral sites just for money purposes, which I, that's, yeah. that's one thing. Talk about random college football things you'd like to see change. Get rid of neutral site games. I, I un, like every now and then they make sense. Like, I think Oklahoma, Texas kind of makes sense because it's close enough or like CSU, CU actually made sense to me because it's, you can get 70,000 people versus 30,000, but like a playoff, like it'd be so imagine if you had Alabama LSU in LSU for, you know, the playoff, like that would be the rowdiest environment ever. There would be nothing like it. Yeah. It it would just be so lit. So I, I definitely agree with that. I think that for me, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because uh, obviously there's plenty of time to think uh, these days, but, but I, you know, looking through the schedule, trying to figure out what, what my travel is going to be like this fall because the buffs only have one bye week. So, so their bye week, there actually isn't a football game in Missoula. So I can't go back and watch, which was always my plan, which means that I will be not going back until after the regular season ends. So hopefully they end up with a home playoff game. They should. They're a good team. And so now I'm just like banking on it. And that's going to be my trip back is to go to a Grizz playoff game. And I haven't been to one in, I don't even know how long now. If, if neither CSU or CU makes a bowl game next year, we should just like road trip for Montana through the playoffs. Oh, we should. We'll, we should. we'll somehow make content out of it. Yes. I bet Dre would be down too. 
because usually, so that that first round of the FCS playoffs is uh, Thanksgiving, like this Thanksgiving or the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So maybe we could make it work. If not, they'd probably have that buy and be there the next week, actually. So yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. I think CSU actually is supposed to play in a basketball tournament in Vegas. It, depending oh. on if life gets back to normal or not, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I may or not be in Las Vegas for Thanksgiving this year. That wouldn't be a bad place to be. I haven't had Thanksgiving with my family in three years though, because of football. And so like, it'd be kind of nice to be home for once, but also, I mean, I love Vegas. So <laughs> yeah, I think I, last year for Thanksgiving, I wasn't supposed to be home either. I was supposed to be on the road uh, because that Saturday, the bus played Utah and, and then we got and, a blizzard or whatever. Yeah. So I wound up, Oh my goodness. I forgot about that blizzard, but I wound up going home uh, a week or two before because it was a bye week. So I could go up to a Grizz game and like see my family do like kind of Thanksgiving things since I wasn't gonna be able to be there for real Thanksgiving. And then like some family stuff happened and I wound up going back there for Thanksgiving on the Thursday, then flying Friday to Salt Lake City for the game against Utah and flying back. And then I can't remember where I was earlier that week, but that was like my craziest week of travel in my life. That does sound crazy. It depending on where else I was. Oh well. I think I would probably have to pick either going to Vegas for basketball or going to Boise for the finale, but it's, it's low key, mm. like kind of expensive to fly to Boise. So yeah. we'll see if I get to go to that one anyways. So I don't know, but let's, uh, let's, let's talk about some TV series now that, you know, we already have covered so uh, many random things in this podcast. We <laughs> managed to alienate we, both the CU and CSU fans. As long as everybody hates us it. equally, we're doing a good job. See, that's the thing. We're we're doing we're being fair. It's like what everybody complains about Fox News and CNN. That's not us. It'd be like if you got uh, an anchor from each of those shows <laughs> and was just like, get along, <laughs> figure it yeah, out. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, let's see. So you put together your list of TV series that you recommend watching and killing time with. You want to run through yours first? Yeah, I just, well, we can kind of bounce back and forth. I got the idea. Everybody on Twitter is doing like the six tags, six series or whatever, and all the different challenges. And at first I was kind of annoyed by them, but now I'm just like, I'm so bored, whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll participate in whatever. But I was just trying to think of some series that like would get people, would give people an idea of kind of what I like. And that was ah. hard because I watched so many ran. I watch a lot of different television. I listen to a lot of different music. I'm just kind of a weird guy. I mean, my two favorite things in the world are sports and musical theater. So like, <laughs> I'm just a weird dude. But uh, my first show, a classic, one that's recently been added to Netflix. And it's community. And I feel like community Mm, kind of gets overlooked in that whole NBC sitcom era because they had just so many strong shows. I mean, The Office, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, community, I believe were all on the same night at one point. Wow. And so like, oh yeah, just incredible night of television. But I just think it's, it's so witty. I love the way that they reference that they're in a, you know, a TV show and it's, it's very meta, but I'm, I'm about it. Yeah, are you no, a those community are like, fan. Um, I'm not a huge community fan. I, and again, for the reason you said, because I love all of those other NBC sitcoms. Because like I, I, I'm actually we're rewatching The Office 
right now. Not it's like not like a serious rewatch. It's like the office we are is good. so bored. It's, yeah, it's good like background. Like if you're exactly. doing other stuff, like we've been playing up. a lot of we've been playing a lot of sequence, which nice. is a great game. Yeah. I had never played before, but we're playing about seven games of sequence a day here now. <laughs> um, and typically with the office on the background, like Thirty Rock is incredible. Especially so, I'm a big SNL fan. So, so good. Like every time, every week, like I am ready to go. Like that is probably my favorite show. And so to see a bunch of former SNL people make a show that's about making a show that's basically SNL, like it's it just like makes me nerd. Also, I'll say I just watched like there's this video about uh, John Mulaney's stories about SNL, like when he was a writer there. And he, Ooh, there's like I love crazy Mulaney, like, so I got to check that out. Exactly. That's why. Because he like just posted it on his Instagram a couple days ago. So John Mulaney is also like my favorite person. Him and like Larry David. Though that's that's my humor right there. Especially the two of them together. Just beautiful. But um, yeah. So so John Mulaney posted it. And it's like, yeah. So I showed up for this audition. I knew I wasn't going to get it. It's like Bobby Moynihan. Uh, oh, uh, Childish Gambino. Um, the... Oh, who's not dropping the ball? SNL. Like, how do you? You could have had Donald <laughs> Glover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, who's who's the guy who does Oh Hello with John Mulaney? What's his name? Oh, Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll was auditioning. Uh, Ellie Kemper, who plays okay. uh, from The Office, plays uh-huh. the second receptionist. Um, who else? There's like one or two more, but they're all just like massive names. And John Mulaney got like the writing job, and Bobby Moynihan obviously got the job on the cast. And so like hearing that story and then hearing the other stories all the way through, it's just so cool. Like SNL is just like its whole little universe. And so that'd be my number one. I could just watch clips and watch episodes. And people always say like it's not as good now. And I think that they're just forgetting that SNL is just like, it's about the moments. Like you're it's go- just timely. Like, like it, 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 there mm-hmm. are always going to be ebbs and flows where it's not as exciting. I think it's been really strong the last couple of years though. Me too. I there was really there a was a stretch where I did feel like it kind of lost its way a little bit, but they yeah. they've kind of re-energized it. I like that they brought like a younger cast in. Um, I don't know, it's kind of different. But and Mulaney, a lot of that they do, they should let Mulaney cast. host at least once a season because he's I incredible. love him. He's incredible. Yeah, he's like telling stories about the first time I host, but yeah, um, I I totally agree. Like it's, I don't think that old SNLs were better. I think that you just remember like the 10 sketches a season that were just incredible. And then you forget about all the ones that you're just like, what are you doing? Well, like, even like most episodes, it's like in like the hour and a half or whatever it it's is. 50, it's 50. Like, yeah, it's like most of them are okay at least. Then there's always one or two really funny ones. And then there's usually mm-hmm. one or two that you were like, ah, that one missed. Yeah, and then we have like a great host. Like when John Mulaney comes back, it's like 70-30 like good to bad and you're just waiting. And then like, yeah, if you I get love- a good host, it makes a big difference. Like Peyton Manning being on there was oh, one yeah, of my like favorites. He was incredible. I um, love when you get somebody that you don't expect to be good. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing. Like that's the fun part about the musical guests too. Is it like at this point making music? I mean, I could make music that makes me sound like I have an incredible voice. I do not, but you can <laughs> just edit things so easily. But when you get to SNL and they make you just play live, like, you get to see who's actually good at what they do and who you're just like, Oh no, you're actually not talented. And that's always super fun for me too. The, uh, when I was in high school, I got to tour the SNL set and oh, really? it's really small. It's crazy. Like you, it doesn't, the way they do the TV angles is insane. It's like actually three different sets that are kind of like mm-hmm. right next to each other. 
but mm-hmm. the area where the band plays is super small. It's like the size of my living room and they do a good job of like making it look like it's this big expansive area, yeah. but I'm going to ruin a, if I'm going to ruin this from a, for people that have <laughs> never been, if you plan on taking the the tour, they'll probably tell you this fun bit. So sorry. But <laughs> when Kanye West played SNL in 2004, he didn't realize how small the stage was. And he brought an entire high school marching band with him. <laughs> that sounds about right. And that so sounds just, about right. I just thought that was like crazy. But yeah, I got to go. I got to go to SNL. I got to go on the football night in America set. It was really okay. funny too. Cause like I was in the performing arts in high school, but everybody knew I was like the big sports fan. Like even like in other circles, like the football players knew that like I knew more about the NFL than they did, but it was just mm-hmm. cause I was a nerd. Not cause exactly they, they're better at football obviously but yeah but so like we get to pro football night in america or whatever and i'm like one of the last people to walk in this was like a high school trip so there's probably like 50 or 60 of us and literally the group just like parted so that i could like walk and come to the front <laughs> <laughs> uh, justin's gonna be super stoked about this uh, yeah i got to go to the um all the espn studios in la my Dope. senior year of college. Yeah, that was incredible. Like like the set for the jump, like uh-huh. obviously like Sports Center LA. And they had like a bunch of those sets. And it's just crazy to see because they're all just like in this one massive room. And they yeah. have like, like thousands of lights on the ceiling. They can go so many different ways. Like, you can see like uh what else? They they had another one one of the sets has a basketball court at ESPN. I can't remember which one, but it's so cool. Like you can countdown there, you see, one. Yeah, yeah. I think Abby Accounta, that that must have been the other one. I think it was so. So yeah, like it, I don't know. That kind of stuff is always just so cool when you when you just like spend so much time watching and then you actually go there and it's like, whoa, this is. But crazy. we're also like creative types, so like we nerd out about that like yeah, behind the I'm, scenes stuff. Exactly. And I think I think most people would though, just like getting to see it in person and appreciate everything that goes into making this product. Exactly, and then like to go and see the other rooms, dude. Like see all the big production room where they have like. 20 computers for different people like be pulling up graphics like get the timing and like getting to talk to like the sports center hosts and hearing how they do it hearing like like i was with uh neil everett and stan verrett neil everett is very closely associated with a scholarship foundation that i won the scholarship for so he's like you know uh, he was around but he was like showing us how all of it works like they send um so like that they they did like the last sports center of the night and so they were just constantly updating it. So it starts playing at like nine, but then like other games end. So they need to like retape different parts. Oh, and so like I the always first wondered how live. they did that. Yeah, yeah. So they go back through and they retape it and they'll do it like three times and then they'll just patch that one in the next time it plays. And then like they'll... Uh, what else? Like like they'll screw something up. Like somebody will like stumble on their words a little bit in the first version. And so then it like, if that's the 10 o'clock version, then the 11 o'clock version, um, they'll have them... Uh, having redone those words so that they fit and I just keep going and going and going. So you watch the first show and then you watch and it's like, like they, they just came over and just like chatted with us. And then 20 minutes after that, they just like walk back and they're like, okay, let's run through this like three more times. And they run through a bit like three times. It's so cool. It's so cool just to see it. And we were actually sitting on the set of the jump. And so like right there where Bill Walton signed the wall right next to us when he like took the picture, like all that stuff. And just like watching that way. It, that's such a cool experience just to see how all those things work. I got to get out there. I've never been to like LA or any of that Hollywood type stuff. So I would really like to 
go check some of that out. We are going to wrap up our TV talk here because we have DNVR <laughs> watches coming up. But before we do, guys, we got to do what we can to help the Breck Farmhouse keep kicking during these yep. tough times. Right now, you can use the code DNVR, say $5 off your meal. Henry can attest to it. The meals at Breck are so good. So good. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for your pickup. They have a crazy delivery radius right now. If you go on Twitter, we actually reshared that. Um, if you can't go to the farmhouse, check out the 15-can sampler through Drizzly. They will deliver it right to you. So clutch. Avalanche Ale, Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky, Hot Peak, Vanilla Porter, all those fun flavors. God, Breck is just so dope. And finally, it's been a while since I brought up the Breck Beer Locator. Takes all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. It'll tell you the closest liquor store near you where you can pick up some delicious Breck brews. I could use a Breck right now. It's about 1230. It's about beer o'clock. <laughs> it is about beer o'clock. We're an hour away from kickoff of the national championship game. I need to be pounding some beers here in a minute. Now that my coffee's out, that's, that's how you know. Like as Here's soon as I run out of coffee, that's when I switch straight to beer. Exactly. Nothing else. That's all you nope. need to live. I mean, I, there's I, water I, in both of those things. So Exactly. And like, I, I, I can't work unless I'm sipping on coffee. It's turned into this weird thing. Where like even if it's like seven o'clock at night, I can't write unless I just have like a, just a, like a little bit going. Like to that's me, the student just paper in, in you that's gonna come out. Like oh once you goodness, work for yes. a student paper, like your life just changes. Such a weird experience, just constantly being up until like four in the morning, just like regularly. Oh, yeah, and because because everything you write has to be perfect. Like that's how I always felt. Because I I was more of like I, I was mostly writing like sports features and profiles that kind of stuff. And I knew that by writing like only one or two things a week, I didn't have a whole bunch of clips that I could send around. And I knew like I was likely going to wind up at DMVR because I'd spent so much time or BS in Denver at the time. But I also thought like if, if I'm like trying to get like I applied to a job with the Houston Chronicle that would have been uh, covering all their pro sports, just like a fluid wherever they need me. Obviously did not get it. I was 22 and that job was way out of my league. But like applying for that kind of stuff, I was like, every clip has to be perfect. And so I'd just be up all night perfecting things. And it was, it was, it was actually kind of a fun time in my life. I love this. I, I was very, very hardcore committed to the student paper life when I was, when I was in it. But I'm, I'm glad to be out of it at this point. I can definitely say that not having to stress over uh, print deadlines and making sure the ads fit right and managing bosses. other people and, and then being the boss. bosses yeah. and all that fun stuff. It's a lot easier when it's just like RK and Adam being like, Hey, we're watching love is blind. Tweet about it. You idiots. Exactly. And, and then they're, and, and, and you trust them and you trust that if they say we're going to be watching these, you're just like, mm -hmm. you know all what right. you're talking about. Sounds good. Ah. Uh, I used to be a little bit feisty in those situations back in the day. <laughs> I joked uh, on our, uh, in the chat that we had on the Madden league with the PS4 guys. Cause they were like, they were kind of excited when they realized that Kale and I worked at DNVR, which shout out to all those guys in our league, if you're listening. But I was like, I'm sure this kind of feels like getting selected for make a wish and then getting to meet the six man <laughs> or something instead of the point guard. Yeah. But, but John Mulaney has a great bit about that. Does he? I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, I think somebody requested um, the the. I think that might even be an SNL bit. 
I don't think Actually, he was I on think, that video. I think I, think I, I think I know what you're talking about now that I that you bring yeah, that up. Yeah, like he yeah. got like a Make-A-Wish kid brought him to like the writers yeah. thing and Lin-Manuel Miranda was there. Was, so, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, oh my goodness, Lin-Manuel Miranda was my first choice. Like, oh, oh no. Which means Lin-Manuel rejected her. She knows he rejected her. He That's might even not more know. awkward. John or, Mulaney knows he's a second choice. Ugh. You just got to embrace it at that point. Mulaney seems like the kind of guy that could be like somebody's 10th choice and he would just be so funny that he would win them over. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I think, I don't know. I think the whole Make-A-Wish thing, obviously like great work, incredibly important, very valuable. But at the same time, if I were in the situation where I got to pick somebody, I, I wish I could see some reviews. You That's know, a good point. Like I, from people who had already picked these people just to be like, yeah, I, you know, he was like fun. It was cool to meet him. But at the same time, not a whole lot of like fun. John Mulaney, somebody reviews, there's like, oh my goodness. I was just laughing till I cried the entire time. Like that's the information you need. I don't know though. Cause then you might get people that become like too snooty about the whole process. Like I, I read a thing about mm. how John Cena has done more make-a-wishes than like anybody like basically really? combined the dude is just always doing make-a-wishes yeah I'd probably shout just out say, to like, john cena right by the way there, and it's like, whether you like wwe or not but but then like <laughs> if you had reviews could you imagine if someone was like like i don't want john cena like after somebody's <laughs> leftover make-a-wish like yeah who do you think the most famous person to never have done or like to have been asked to do a make-a-wish is to have been asked but to have to have or to have never been asked. The most oh. famous person to have never been asked. Donald Trump. Somebody's asked. Somebody's definitely asked. At some point, like like all the way back in like the 90s. Yeah, you're probably like, right. Some somebody is definitely asked. Um, I don't know like what the parameters for make a wish are. Are they like, is it like strictly like athletes slash musicians slash entertainers? Or if you were like, I, I want to meet Nelson Mandela. I, I think I think that's how it works. Let's just assume for the sake of this conversation, that's how it works. Like Make-A-Wish says, hey, we heard about your situation. We'd love to help. Who would you like to spend a day with? And you just send them a name and then they're, they just hit them up and they're just like, hey, can you do this? And they either say yes or no. So let's just say it's totally open-ended. Like, do you it, think like... It'd have to be somebody like obscure, like but maybe like still famous. Like, like the drummer of a really big band. Yeah, like basis, you know, somebody who's like the second tier of that, like you would always ask. Or if John Cena is always saying yes, does John Cena have a right hand man who would never like who would always be the second choice, but it would never get to the second choice because Cena would always say yes instead. <laughs> and that like, guy is just a famous wrestler. He's just know. like depressed because he doesn't get to do the make wishes because Cena yeah. keeps taking them all. He's just hogging on Cena's shine. turning nobody down. Um when do you think the first time Visca gets asked to do a make a wish is? Or does Visca ever? Ooh. I I think he I think he'll get asked, let's say year two in the NFL, assuming yeah, he stays healthy. Yeah. Like if he's CU to the Broncos. Yeah, he's like a I mean that it always be, helps when you're like objectively a cool person. Yeah. Stylishly uh, and personality with, I mean, I've only exactly. met this guy a handful of times, but he was always like nice. I mean, he was kind of quiet, but I he's, also didn't know him. So I didn't take it personally. No, I no. He's, he's, he is quiet. He's also nice. So there, there you go. You pretty much summed it up. I don't know. Who would you, who would you choose? Let's change this. Who would you choose to, to, to be your make a wish? You get to make the wish. Uh, if it was me, I'm probably going Eddie Vedder, the, uh, the lead singer. Wow. Of Pearl Jam. 
Wow. Did you know uh, the the bassist uh, was Ament, Jeff Ament? He, uh, he lives in Missoula. I did know that, actually, because when Pearl wow, Jam almost Pearl broke Jam up guy. in the 90s, he basically was like, fuck it, I'm going to go out and live in Montana and avoid all this. Yep. And he and still, he's just still has property out there. Yeah, he just loves Run it. Run into him at the gas station, grocery store. Just- yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a big... I mean, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan in general, but Eddie Vedder is just like a big inspiration of mine. I don't even know where I'd go. I'd be tempted to go Kendrick Lamar. That'd be a good one. writer. I, I would love to just like hear him talk for a full day. But I like, feel like Kendrick is, is going so head, big that, that I, would be, I would be starstruck. Like I wouldn't know how to hang around him. And I mean, I'd be that way with Vedder too, but just based on his personality that I can kind of get, I feel like I would maybe feel a little bit more at ease versus yeah. with like Kendrick. I would like the whole time be like trying to show him like I'm cool too. <laughs> even yeah. though I'm what not. about John Mulaney? What about John Mulaney? Like Mulaney's that's a one, great answer. That, that's a great answer. You'd have a lot of fun with that man. Go meet Petunia. Like just like uh, a lot of stand-up comedians in general. But also like I feel like a lot of stand-up comedians are kind of naturally like introverted and not yeah. like the social creatures that you would expect them to be. That's so how their thoughts get so weird. Yeah. Maybe they're not the quality hang that we think they would be. Maybe not. Maybe not. Only one way to find out. What about like if, wish. if you could pick any deceased celebrity to do a make-a-wish with? Wow. Because that really opened some doors. I mean, technically you could say Jesus here. We'll um, say have to really have been the born. <laughs> Post nineteen hundred. Okay, okay. Thank you for narrowing down. down a little bit. No civil war generals. Um, I don't know. Or we'll don't know, say, we'll say eighteen hundred so if you really wanted some. If I don't think you're really dead set on. When was Abraham Lincoln born? Could you imagine? Just Dude, like I, don't, I was not a great student. I, don't, <laughs> I know. I, know. Oh. I don't want to say like oh eighteen hundred and people are like he was born in seventeen fifty two. You idiot. Because what he must have he no, died in the eighteen sixties. Yeah, it would have been in his 50s, like 1810s. Probably the early 1800s. Cool. Abe Lincoln's a good answer. I I think that that would change me. But the cool thing is I don't know how it would change me. Um, I don't know. I think think more realistically, like Kurt Vonnegut would be interesting. Um, Any of those writers. Hunter S. Thompson. I think it'd be Hunter S. Thompson. If I could just spend a day. That's a journalism answer, but that's a good one. Yep. Follow him around. See what a day is like. I think that would be where I'd go. That's a really good one. That's a tough one to beat. I'd like to meet Bill Simmons. I want to know, is he a cool guy in real life? Because I I dig his like shtick, like his whole persona, even though he's like hardcore Boston guy. But like, I want to yeah. know, is, is he like genuinely cool or is he just a big sports fan? So he seems cool, but he's like actually kind of a tool because he's so big at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always uh, interesting. Lincoln was born in 1809, by the way. Just okay. in case that comes up this just afternoon. Bar or trivia something. or yeah, something. Exactly. 1809. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think Hunter S. Thompson. I think that that would be like a combination of value career-wise as well as like it being super interesting just to like see how he lived as well as being a lot of fun because he was a fun guy. It's a good answer. And, uh, and on that answer, speaking of fun times, let's, fun uh, times. let's wrap it up. Cause we got to go get ready for DMVR watches and you got to get ready for a natty. Oh, and I have a good feeling about this one. 
No spoilers, I would, but they I, win. I'll I'll take CU if you want to bet straight up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'll uh, uh, it's it's not really nice of you guys to be playing a Rocky Mountain Showdown because like because like I can't even jump on board. I can't even be like, okay, you know what? Today we're all just Colorado fans. I'll go back to like the feud later on. And now you you guys up there just have to like pitch yourselves against us again. Well, because Allie texted me and she's like, what game do you want to do? And I was like, well, what game is Henry doing? Because if you were just going to do like kind of like a boring or like just like a normal game, like not a super, you know, famous one, I probably would have picked something else. But then she was like, we're doing the national championship. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to compete with the engagement that he's going to get from a national (laughs) championship? And then I was like, you want to know what? Head spike. That's how. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, it's going to be a fun afternoon. That's for sure. Definitely going to be a fun afternoon. Thank you to everybody that listens to our new pod. I know this was, it's kind of a, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. We're going to talk more sports next time. Hopefully. Maybe. I mean, no Ho- promises. Hopefully. Yeah. But if you Maybe. do have something you want us to debate, if you have something that you would like to hear us talk, shoot us a tweet, shoot us a email, send us a carrier pigeon. I don't know. Are carrier pigeons still around in social distancing? You know, that would be a good way to spend the next two months. I'm locked inside. I could buy a bird and train it to do that stuff. That would be cool. If you could actually do it, it'd be super impressive. I know. Could you imagine like how, how cool would that be? Like instead of asking a girl on Tinder for Snapchat, you ask for her like address (laughs) and which window is hers. Like that that (laughs) sounds like you're trying to murder her. Wow. That hey, actually, yeah. We'd we'd have to we'd have to Where do you live and uh, that wording? Where's your Which bedroom window? window? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then look outside in seven minutes. Oh, I don't know how fast how how fast is a bird? Faster than seven minutes. Really? I don't know. How how long how long would it take to get a bird from like here to you? Downtown Denver. From Denver Fort to Collins. Fort Collins. That's a how many miles per hour? I'm guessing maybe like 35 miles an hour bird top speed, or is that too fast? That's I don't know. I mean, it depends on the bird, but if we're talking like a pigeon, carrier pigeon, you know, we'll say 25 miles an hour. Maybe that's too slow, but I don't want to like way overestimate it. So, a couple hours. I I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like a bird should be faster, but I don't know if like a can a bird fly faster than a car. I'm trying to think about when birds are like on the side of the road. Are they going (sighs) faster than us? I know. Well, especially like depends on the road. You have to factor in that there's taking a straight line. Like they aren't following I-25, which I guess mm-hmm. is pretty straight, but they're just boom. Like as the bird flies, as the crow flies, is that what it is? Wind resistance could be in there. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Is it windy outside? I wouldn't know. I'm not allowed out there anymore. Yeah. I'm, that's the, that's the area that we don't go to anymore. Well, it's like Voldemort. He sh- who, he who shall not be named. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we could just find a bird. And... I don't know. I think that's how I'm going to spend my afternoon. After this national championship, I'm just going to take a couple hours to look out the window and see how fast birds are. That's where we are in this quarantine. That's, uh, and let's just end it on that. Birds. Just the birds. Birds. <laughs> birds. Oh, what an animal. <laughs>